Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Here we are. I always think about when starting these. There's a podcast I listen to, free plug, not to buzz market this other podcast, but it's called the JV Club with Janet Varney. And uh, Why she do they always call it the JV Club? Like, it's like real soft, and she's like, hey, wonderfuls. That's how she starts the podcast. Hey, wonderfuls. We're back for another nice. episode. That's so nice. Take my dreams, put them down to track. Two track audio with Nick and Charles. Anyway, yeah, so actually, you asked um, me off. This came up off air, and now I kind of am interested in your thoughts. Uh, I'm a believer that some conspiracy theories are true, though I can't say which. But so now my question to you is. Mm. Like, what are your thoughts on the Kennedy assassination? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Nick and I were talking about how we're recording this on Thanksgiving Day uh, 2021. Not to date the podcast, but this is the second episode we recorded on a major holiday, which is kind of funny. Um, I never have anything going on. That's probably why. I don't know why Nick's here, but uh, there we go. Um, but a couple days ago was the anniversary of when Kennedy was shot. I, you know what? I was always like, oh, maybe there's something to a conspiracy theory. Then I read the book 112263 mm-hmm. by Stephen King, which is a work of fiction. Um, but it's about the Kennedy assassination, and it's clearly well-researched. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King said that in his study of the event, because this is not a spoiler, but it's about a guy who goes back in time to try to prevent the Kennedy assassination. Okay, n- not at all a spoiler. Um, that would be on the dust jacket, but like, uh, uh, he said that he's after doing a lot of research, Stephen King, that is, he's like, I believe that Lee Harvey Oswald did it like on, on his own, you know? Um, hmm. okay. and I, there's this whole kind of, now it's a little weird cause you know, then he immediately gets weirdly assassinated by like an American every a person, another sort of like American every man in Jack Ruby, who's like a bartender, you know? And like Lee Harvey Oswald didn't really have a job, but like he was, you know, kind of just like an average Joe who also happened to live in Russia for a while and was like a big communist sympathizer and like, yeah. um, you know, uh, was like, upset with Kennedy about it, his treatment of Cuba and all this stuff had this weird connection to Cuba. Oh, like the Bay of um, Pigs. And so all there's that, a lot yeah. of like, a lot of interesting things going on, but, but yeah. And, and, and Oswald was like, um, now every time I do this, I always think it's okay. John Wilkes Booth killed Lincoln and uh, John Hinckley Jr. Killed Reagan. I just want to make sure I, I didn't my, kill my Reagan. Reagan. Right. Survived. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, did he? <laughs> talking about conspiracy theories i don't know i don't know maybe he maybe he did or yeah. he didn't <laughs> anyway you know he's got released from jail um he, he got oh, reagan did uh john hinckley jr no yeah yeah uh if only you know, no, john hinckley jr got paroled and he's like a musician listen to some of his music on youtube he's a very active youtube channel it's pretty good he's a pretty good songwriter oh nice um charles manson also what do you think about the kennedy oh yeah he wrote uh never learn not to love recorded by the beach boys famously what do i Um, think about the kennedy so what do you think about the kennedy assassination Um, yeah so i probably know less about it than you um joe rogan was talking about it on his podcast the other day and he's he's a sort of famous conspiracy theorist and and so the issue with one of the many issues with conspiracy theories is that 
if you're interested in them, you you inevitably find them entertaining, right? And so so you have to mm-hmm. somehow like divorce your uh you the you have to divorce the entertainment value from the reality, you know? And mm-hmm. so I I find most conspiracy theories highly entertaining, but I don't know that I believe very many of them. From what I do know about like I know a little bit about like how firearms work and whatever else and there mm-hmm. does seem to be some uh incongruities with with the Kennedy assassination sure. and and how he was shot and what the bullet did afterwards and whatever else um and apparently so yeah the magic bullet theory right, and all that kind right. of thing yeah so it's all but that doesn't mean that there's not a non-conspiratorial explanation but then that also like like sure. it seems like the 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 phrase conspiracy theory has a different has um, added meaning to what the words themselves mean. Because if you just look at the the two words, conspiracy theory, then you're just saying that, you know, people are conspiring and more or less withholding information, right? Which is, like, definitely true with with the Kennedy assassination. And that's not even uh, outlandish to think. Because, I mean, just a a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, the U.S. government had the opportunity to release files on the the Kennedy assassination that had never been released, mm. and they chose not to. Um, so there's there's still information being deliberately withheld, uh, which is another way of saying that people are still sure. conspiring in some way or another. Um, so those are those are my thoughts, such as they are. There might be a perfectly rational explanation, well, but I just don't know. I'm sure as far as Joe Rogan is concerned, like one thing that the Kennedy assassination is not is horse dewormer. You shouldn't call it that because it's not. It's the Kennedy assassination was not a horse dewormer. So we know that at least. Um, but uh, yeah, I think conspiracy, conspiracy theories, I mean, what it comes down to is I, I think it's it all comes from a – not all of it. And I actually think maybe the Kennedy assassination is an interesting kind of um, – because uh, if it's not – if the conspiracy is true and it was not, you know, an assassination carried out by, like, a lone gunman kind of thing, then, like, um, that's very troubling. But I think for the most part, it, living in a world or, you know, existing with a worldview where, it, it, they, you know, like, there – you know, the, the, where the, there there is room for some kind of, like – shadow government or something or like some kind of like forces that are like moving in in such a way that like things are like COVID is not just like a happenstance of nature or something that's like sort of inevitable which seemingly it it, it was however it kind of came into being but it's like something created in a lab and like deliberately you know um uh released to the public or something like that like the idea that someone's in control of things you know, and things that aren't just like random or violence isn't just random, I think is very comforting. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where like a lot of uh, conspiracy theories break down for me is that it's easier to, I think, accept that. But then there's some stuff, you know, like not to get, you know, too, too into the weeds, but like, you know, the guys who pulled 9-11 were issued like visas or whatever by the CIA. So like, who knows? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's all kinds of stuff going on as far as that yeah. goes. And like... And, and I mean, I have heard an expl- – I can't remember what it was. There, there is like an explanation for the magic bullet thing, which for those of you who don't know, President Kennedy was shot in such a way that like it, it hit – the bullet, same bullet hit another person in the car, mm-hmm. right, with him. 
and it would have had to like turn at like a 90 degree angle in order for it to have hit both of them from where Oswald was was shooting, you mm-hmm. know. But then it's like bullets do weird things. You know, I think bullets in, just um, do radically that's, weird things when they when they Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And like I I don't know, you know, like it's it's that's not for me to say and and like I but then it is super weird, you know, like, you know, somebody shoots the president. He is immediately then killed, like, in public by another guy who also is sort of, like, unconnected to anything, like... It's all you know very, I mean? like, it's, it's like all very, like, Gotham, it's very, you know, suspicious. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's like, um, uh, how did, uh, um uh the 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 roman quote unquote the roman falcone like get uh acid into a courtroom to throw it district attorney harvey dent <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like like <laughs> he must have been paying someone off on the on the force you know yeah. like you can't just do that um okay so while we're but, while uh, we're on the the, yeah. the subject that's, of bullets let's get pretty, to the maybe um, the topic at hand next but uh just going back yeah, to my my so, catholic roots uh, for for one second apparently and i've never investigated mm-hmm. this but many people say that um, uh, that the bullet that hit John Paul II, St. John Paul II, that it entered and actually traveled mm-hmm. around his heart and exited without actually striking his heart. Like it ended, it entered on a path. Oh. That's what they say, you know, which is, which is yeah. fun, I guess. Maybe, maybe it's a miracle. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, there's also a bunch of crap around the heart to kind of stop things from hitting it, too. You mm. know what I mean? You get shot in the chest, and I don't know. It, not 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 to be, like, I don't know. But that, that is interesting. Hey, that's why uh, – oh, I was listening to something the other day where they were talking about why the Pope Mobile isn't called the Popomatic Bubble. <laughs> with, like, like the game Trouble with the Popomatic Bubble. Okay, what are we talking about today, Charles? Ten minutes in. Today we're ta- – hey, talking about bullets – these tracks bulleted to the top of the charts. Uh, and uh, we were talking about Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf and American Woman by The Guess Who. The Guess Who. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so, so, so I Nick, you suggest we do these songs. Why? Did you? I don't mean to be accusatory. Okay, well, but, I, but can't, why, I can't why really hear Charles right now, so maybe he'll be talking over me. But in the meantime, I guess I'll keep talking while I wait for him to, to reconnect. So we're discussing... Um, we're discussing Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf today, as well as, um, sorry, I'm getting distracted. We're discussing Magic Carpet Ride and American Woman by the Guess Who. Are you there, Charles? Yeah, could you not hear me? I just said that we were uh, discussing Magic Carpet Ride. Oh, that's what I was saying. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so those, oh, are, the, funny. those are the... Oh, I think we cut out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's okay. No, that's, that's perfectly all right. Just just leave it in as is, so that there's overlapping <laughs> audio for the. You don't be listeners. sick. You don't be sick um, if our if our lines were synchronous while we were cut it out. Cut out. Oh man, maybe they were. Maybe they were. That that's conspiracy theory there you right go. there. You know, we're, we we there's no way to know. But uh, um, but yeah. So we're talking about Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf and American Woman. Yeah. By the I chose these songs today. The reason I chose them is because like. Uh, these two bands belong to uh, uh, a sort of movement in rock and roll that I feel like Charles and I uh, haven't really gotten too far into. I think you and I, mm. Charles, tend to be a little bit more interested in European rock and roll in the in the 60s and 70s 
than in sure. uh, North yeah. American rock and roll. So Steppenwolf are from California, and they guess who are from some part of Canada. Uh, uh, Manitoba, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay. Um, yeah. Hey, same as uh, Neil Young. Oh, is he from? Is he He's from also Winnipeg? from Winnipeg. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. He and Randy Bachman from from I mean, the Guess Who and later Bachman Turner Overdrive oh, totally. were in like like uh, rival bands when they were like in high school. Hmm. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So so there are, you know, so <laughs> just shoot me down. Whatever. Well, I'm not here to talk Continue. about high school. High school battle of the bands, Charles. Um. So yeah, I basically I think I feel like the musical movement here is just a very. It's sort of like the psychedelic, uh, like hippie movement in the United States at the time. Very blues rock, very very acid. Uh, Steppenwolf regularly wrote songs about weed. They have a really terrible song called "Don't Step on That Grass, Sam" about the United States government uh, cracking yeah. down on pot use, which is just—it's mm-hmm. so on the nose. It's hard not to laugh, but. Uh, yeah, so that's where that's where we're at with these guys. I think you, obviously you and I are more uh, more progressive rock and roll. This is an Emerson Lake and Palmer podcast, as as everyone knows. Yes, um, a little more maybe uh, we have maybe more refined of taste than the Guess Who and Steppenwolf. Sure, I, I know, but but I mean these are interesting. You know, talk about movements. What a uh, a big and and kind of uh, uh, crazy movement this was. You know. Um, a loose movement, some mm-hmm. would say, uh, in that these are bands that are, are separated uh, by, you know, uh, um, almost a geologically. What's the word? Geographically? Maps. Geographically. Yeah. Yes. They're, 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 they're separated uh, by stones and sticks and stones and magma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, the guests here are more, I mean, if we're talking about bands that are, let's talk about bands that are ferrous, that are clear, <laughs> clearly ferrous in their composition. Um but uh, the guess who would be among those. But that said, I, you know, I was listening to American Woman earlier today to prep for this. And, well, I have two thoughts. One is that I always forget that Magic Carpet Ride is Magic Carpet Ride. Because I was like, I don't think I know how that song goes. And I'm like, oh, it's this yeah. song. Like, it's one of those songs. I know this. I know Magic Carpet Ride from, it was in Star Trek First Contact. Oh, that's Star strange. Trek First okay. Contact. That's one yeah. of the films, it's correct? The, it's, yeah. Okay. Yes, it's one of the films. It's the first one where the uh, next generation cast are on their own. So they did Generations, which had some of the old cast and some of the next generation cast. And then they did First Contact, which is a great movie. Um, I know you like to watch that that show to fall asleep. It's a little slightly more exciting nice. on the show, but not by much. Um, but there's, um, the, uh, there's a scene where they go back in time to when uh, – humanity and vulcans first had first contact where humanity discovered warp drive and the guy um hiram cochran i think his name is corcoran hiram corcoran is like the guy who invented warp drive who they reference a bunch in the show but but he uh plays magic carpet ride as he shoots off in this rocket (laughs) to go into warp like um and it's this like post-apocalyptic wasteland and stuff but anyway uh then uh, American Woman. I don't think I'd ever heard the. Apparently, there's this whole acoustic intro. To yeah, the song it's that a I'd little never bit heard before. Like, it's a little bit sexual and and not entertaining in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, this is a song. Like, I think that American Woman would be 
Magic Carp Ride is great. I want to say that. That's a great song. And I, I it, it sounds very like um, like Jay Giles band to me, but like 10 years before them, you know, kind of thing. But like um, American Woman, like if it had been recorded very much later than it was, would I think be kind of insufferable. You know what I mean? Like if it had like mid 70s, like um, bad company kind of production sure. value. You know, and it didn't sound so garagey. I think it would be like, ugh. Yeah, you totally. Know, it's like butt rock. Totally. You know? But but that said, it's I quite like it. Oh yeah. What, what do you think about the lyrics talking about like America? Yeah. So you know, and and the Kennedy. One thing that hadn't really occurred to me before, um, before looking up these bands prior to recording is is that the guests who are a Canadian band and not a, an American band? I'd always assumed that they were an American band. So some people call them the reverse uh, Grand Funk Railroad in that regard, and that they are not an American band. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> um, so I, th- I feel like that maybe adds one or two shades to the the political nature of the song. You know, like if they mm-hmm. were from California or or Texas, where the Kennedy assassination took place. That took place in Texas, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Dallas. Dallas thank you. Um, or East Coast, or just United States. Um, <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, North Dakota, South Dakota, anywhere. The point the- is, the point is, <laughs> the point is, like, if they were a United From States Portland, band, Oregon to Portland, then Maine. it'd be like, okay, like they're they're like railing against their their home country. But since they're Canadian, I, it's right. it's a little bit more confusing to me. Like, are they? Are they are they like wow this other country sucks or are they like wow like Western culture sucks like I don't really know what they're trying to say yeah now. well maybe it's a little of both I, I read the Wikipedia article about American Woman in uh, in preparation for this record and uh, in that they um, talk about how like um, they had just been touring America for the first time and they came from this like you know because like. Winnipeg is like the middle of nowhere apparently like it's like really remote compared to like and Canada in general like there's like nobody nobody lives in Canada I I I believe this is true I think the population of England is greater than the population of Canada like it's like there's like no one there right and well the population um, of New York City is bigger than the population of most states or countries in the world sure right exactly yeah yeah um and uh uh, but they talk about how like they came from this very like kind of like conservative sort of like uh, uh, small town of a country and then like go to these like big, you know, New York and Detroit and these like big American cities and are exposed to all this stuff. And it's like, oh, man, like they have all these problems and all this like crazy stuff going on. Uh, better to just like hang out in Canada and like keep right. safe, I guess. Right. Um, Which I so, can get with you know, that. I, I, I mean – Hey, I, Chicago's yeah. great. Cities are great. Culture's awesome, but also there's there's always sufficient reason to sort of be reclusive. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm a big fan of, of not reclusion being around people. <laughs> reclusion, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting apparently magic carpet ride is about like a hi-fi system <laughs> like they, they do it's about like listening to music on like a really nice yeah, stereo awesome. <laughs> is, is where it comes from which is really funny um but uh i i something i appreciate about magic carpet ride is that it feels very funky for like a white band in 1968 yeah and again maybe that's coming more from like 
the English kind of side of things who are not at all funky mm-hmm. at that point. But like, it's a little like, it's like danceable, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me the, the like the curious. time signature. Cause that sort of plays an impact, right? Uh, it's in four. Okay. It's, it's in four, four, which like most songs right. are, but it's highly syncopated, you know, cause this like, dun, 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 you know like it, it which it's syncopation in music is like when you have like a emphasis on beats that aren't like one two, right three, four right kind of thing so you're sort of playing around with it a little bit and it's like and it feels kind of like uh uh it has a nice like kind of rolling quality um for that but yeah totally totally it's a cool uh it's written by their bass player the music that is which is is kind of cool have you ever, you ever listened to any other steppenwolf uh yeah actually i have I believe I might even have an album on vinyl. I know, I know. I bought their greatest hits on on iTunes. You know, way back when, when mm. iTunes was still a thing. Um, and it's good. It's it's entertaining. You know, but again, I mean, to me, Steppenwolf, Guess Who, uh, Grand Funk Rail, Railroad, all fit into like that sort of. You know, they they all fit into the same pot and when you label a scoop out you don't really care what's what's in there because it's all kind of the same you know? sure um right but it's good i don't i don't know um yeah what do you think have you listened to any other yeah i no no but i but i agree i i you know like i listening to them i was kind of sort of like the james gang or something like totally you know yeah i mean like it's that kind of like um like just like like all these like power trios right just came up out of nowhere in in the late '60s, it would seem. Um, and I'm wondering what like the roots of those bands are, because like, are they coming out of like? I guess they're coming out of like the L.A. psychedelic, right? Scene, which is not an, an area of music that I know very right. much about, you know. Um, so I guess like maybe it would make more sense contextually if I were listening to like Sly and the Family Stone or like, um, uh, like I, I don't know. Um, Jefferson Airplane or something, right. you know? Yeah. Grateful Dead, I guess. Yeah, um, so... But that's not an area of music that's ever really appealed no, to No, no, definitely not. There, it, it is an interesting music scene. Um, it's fascinating that bands like CCR came out of out of that scene. Um, oh, I yeah. love, I love the music that CCR plays compared to, like, the music and the scene that they come out of, I I, I think that that's sure. highly entertaining because you would never you would never guess it. Um, but yeah, no, I it's it's strange how many like I don't know anything about like like the hippie movement on the West Coast in the '60s. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about the music scene back then. I guess I mean was Charles Manson on the West Coast? I guess he's maybe out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. He was, but like yeah. I mean. Uh, Neil Young, you know, barely like his goal was to make it out there to to build his music career. So like, right. apparently, is a scene right. is a is a place where people wanted to be. Right. So you have like all like the like kind of the Buffalo Springfield guys, which they all sort of like go off into like various solo careers and other bands, and then like uh, Joni Mitchell's kind of a part of that scene right. too. Um, at least people like living in like Laurel Canyon, is, I guess, is, and, and hanging is out. Is L A in the '60s, uh, America's London. I guess like, so, because like it seems like yeah, I think so. Because like, like New York was like I can't even think of any any music coming out of like any other city. Yeah, you know, yeah. like in, in well, like Lou Reed, right? But, but I, 
Oh, that's true. But but I mean, he was in like a weird space right. at that point anyway, where where he did hadn't didn't like put out a record for a while in mm-hmm. the late in the he didn't yeah he he like wasn't putting out records in the late sixties so, um, but yeah right there was that kind of like the Velvet Underground kind of thing I guess and then I mean pretty shortly thereafter I think New York kind of comes back around but like yeah it's like this this weird thing I think it was just a place where like there's like a lot of young people and a lot of music going around and I think it was probably an area where like you could um uh uh you didn't like need a lot of money to sort of live right. you know but there's still like a ton of people around yeah um because they talk about like uh yeah like like all those people just sort of seem to exist without like jobs and mm-hmm. stuff you know and somehow it worked i guess i, I don't know it's it's pretty it's pretty wild but yeah you have like like crawfish hills and ash and like that kind of stuff but then that seems to sort of develop into like um like i don't know like shortly thereafter you have like i don't know kind of like a logins and messina like fleetwood mac kind of like soft mm-hmm. rock thing going yeah. on in california you know it changed seems to the music scene seems to change hey why aren't over the um of five years is that buckingham nick's album available anywhere like was that ever like produced I, and released i think it's out of print really um but but it, it was released okay. uh and i think you can find it but i don't know that it's like i don't know i don't know if it's like streamable or something you know, yeah, it's because it, it's one of those weird things like Paul Simon's solo, like pre Simon and Garfunkel solo album, uh-huh. where there's like he like does like I am a rock and stuff, like he does these songs that would only be like big right. hits, but like nobody cared about yeah. it. Um, that's really weird, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, um, uh, so yeah, uh, okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> that that lead guitar on American Woman is interesting. I, that's my only other thought. Like, uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll talk about I'll talk about American Woman a little bit. So I I first heard this song. I cannot remember when I first first heard Magic Carpet Ride. It's one of those songs that's just like mm-hmm. a radio standard. It always pops up all over the place. So it's just mm-hmm. always kind of been there. But I do remember hearing the Guess Who like on like mix cds like in in middle school and being like oh yeah this is this mm-hmm. is rock and roll this is so cool and like you know you thought you were awesome for listening to to american woman and it sounded like this like yeah heavy song which i you know i i guess it kind of is um and again like i do think i do think it's an entertaining song i think it's i think it's fun um i as a rule i kind of enjoy uh the you know, late '60s, early '70s American blues rock uh, sound, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it I sort of think of it similarly to how I think of uh, dubstep, which is I never I never understood dubstep as its own genre. I sort of thought of it as like also similar that it was basically just the same song, right? So, uh, right. so it's like okay, yeah, I like I like dubstep. It's a good song, and I. I feel a little bit differently about about this uh, blues rock scene. You know, there's 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 some variants. There's some stuff I I like, some stuff I don't like. Um, that said, it's it's all quite the same. So if you if you detest any of it, you probably won't like anything else from it. Um, right. But it's good, and I mean, personally, I think the 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 vocals 
in American Woman are are incredible. I think that they're like they're like oh, yeah. quintessentially like the way like rock and roll vocals should sound. Like they're 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 no, high, no, no, but they're but they're rough and they're exaggerated, but they're uh, on point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, great, great vocal performance for sure. Um, very uh, like planty. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Even though, like, you know, obviously it's a contemporaneous with, like, the earliest Led Zeppelin activity. So, like, it's not a ripoff or anything, but, like, uh, maybe the other way around even. But, but yeah, yeah, definitely, like, like good good vocalizing yeah. as far as that goes. Well, I almost think um, Plant sounds a little whinier than this. Sure. Yeah, this guy's a little more, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a little more sexual <laughs> even <laughs> than, than Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there right. you go. Uh, any any partying show? So actually, how much have you listened to of like the the catalog of like Guess Who or or stuff? I don't. Th- I bet you've heard of Guess Who songs. I don't think so. There's. I probably have. I don't think I. There's can no name time, anyone. and there's these eyes. Oh, I know no yeah. time. I I know that song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Steppenwolf. I know Born to Be Wild, and I think that's okay, about yeah. it. Um, as far as that goes. Um, guess who I'd like to check out. I'd, I'd be interested in kind of like looking to see what else they have in their catalog. Cause I, I do, I do kind of like, um, you know, Backman Turner Overdrive right. for sure, which are sort of like the sequel band, I guess to, to, right. to, um, to guess when who. are sequel bands, what are sequel um, bands that are better and what are some sequel bands that are worse? Ooh, I think you could, I would say like that wings like, is a, like a clear cut, like hmm. better sequel band. Just kidding. Oh, kidding. for sure. One hundred percent. Now, are they a sequel band to Moody Blues? Or are they a sequel <laughs> band to uh to to the Beatles? Because I guess that's Oh that's yeah, the that's question. that's great because I mean I would I would think I mean creatively I can't see maybe you can disagree with me on this. I'd love more info, but I can't see how mm-hmm. that band is anything other than Paul McCartney's project. No, it is. It was just Denny Lane, the original singer from Moody Blues, was the really okay. guitarist and backing totally. singer. And, and Wings, Wings are great. He sings on Go Wings Now. Are like no, Wings are like surprisingly good. Yeah, I, I think like I mean, if we're talking about like if we're not talking about rather like people like going solo and being better or different in a cool way than their original group, I would say like there an interesting example of this kind of thing is like, do you know the bands Joy Division and New Order? I know Joy Division. I haven't listened to them too much. So Joy Division, really influential, like, post-punk band, you know, uh, huge kind of, like, big deal culturally and stuff. Um, their lead singer uh, passed away, and, and the remaining three members started another band called New Order, who also are, like, have, like, a similar level of importance in a very different way. Like, Joy Division are this, like, you know, kind of, like, scary-sounding, like, um, you know, like alt rock band and New Order were like one of the first groups to move electronic music into a like real like dance music kind of an area uh-huh. very deliberately and kind of like preceded a lot of that trend. So they're like kind of at the forefront of like uh, they're very important in that way. And we're also very successful, but they're like completely different from Joy Division. There's no overlap really in terms of sound except for the bass player who has like a very distinctive right. bass player. What about – um? But, but, Otherwise, what about yeah. Emerson Lake and Powell? Because this is an Emerson Lake and Palmer podcast. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've never listened <laughs> no, to Emerson Lake and Powell. Do they put out a record, or do they just play Emerson Lake and Palmer songs? Uh yes. Well, what's what's crazy to me is 
that there is another like ELP or there there is another like sequel band that released music, mm-hmm. but I still don't think that that's Emerson Lake and Palmer. It's very confusing to me. Emerson. Mm. Well, well, Palmer has a band now that's like Emerson Legacy and Palmer or something, <laughs> right? Like it's like something on a thing like that. Um, uh, it, oh, something just popped into my head that was an example of this. Now I can't think of what it is. Oh, um, the Small Faces and Faces. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, where the lead singer and guitarist from the Small Faces leaves, and so they they bring in Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood. That that's pretty interesting, and that's like a totally different. Band Emerson Lake too, and Palmer you know. uh, did release an album in 1986. And, you know, I can't help but wonder. Whoa. So I have a couple thoughts on that. For one thing, it's so weird that Emerson and Lake were the ones that stayed together. For another thing. I was just thinking that. I was just going to ask you that. So Nick. weird because oh, they were. Oh, my the- gosh. We are so in sync. Because, like, I'm like, they have to be. The, like, Palmer has to be the easy one to work with. Oh, Adam, yeah. Them, no right? question. No question. He seems like the balm that kept the band together. Because, like. They both seem like assholes, and he seems pretty right. cool. <laughs> like, right. you know, like he's the straw that man, stirs the I, drink. Th- it's so weird, but then again, I guess he's also like probably the most palatable person to lose. You know what I mean? Because like, who's going to replace Keith Emerson? And like, if there's a different person singing, that's like weird. You know, if you're singing all these old, you know, that's like a little. I, I don't know. That that's crazy. Um, I would kind of think. I mean, I think there's lots of bands that are sort of like a sequel version of a band that didn't change the band name. Right. Namely, I would think of like post Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd. Yeah. I think is like a that's like could be considered like a different band. Creatively, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're Fleet, different. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. I think are are oh, a great example of that. Yeah, because like, they're yeah you know, like Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac's story reminds you more of like the history of like a fortune 500 company with regards to like turnover and staff mm. and ceo and management right. or whatever, um <laughs> sure than, than a band it's like it's like when michael eisner left disney and, and, uh, <laughs> no, i don't know um no you're right you're right and it's like oh yeah let's let's like um bring in these like it is very strange to like kind of like have your band sort of fall apart and and never really achieve that much commercial success and then be like, oh, we'll, like, take a chance on these two, like, relatively unknown Americans, you know, like, in our band who then turn out to be, like, Lindsey Buckingham is, like, one of the great, like, pop hit makers right. of the, you know, because he was, like, producing their records and stuff, too. And then, like, um, uh, Stevie Nicks being this, like, incredibly charismatic front person and, like, incredible songwriter, right. you know, like, like um. I, I guess Mick Fleet would just like snap them up right right at the right time. You know, it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um, okay, so is is Led Zeppelin a sequel band? Oh, I think that's a great. I think I think so. I think so. Largely because they were the new Yardbirds for a, a quick minute. You know. I, I think that's like the probably the ultimate example of this. Right. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. They were like the. Um, I don't know the Frasier of uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like the Jeffersons of of um, uh, of the music world. That's 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 wild. I don't know if I don't know if that's that's I don't think that Yardbirds are Cheers. I don't think that's a fair comparison for Cheers. But um, because you don't like the Yardbirds, but yeah, the Yardbirds are okay. 
Everybody's okay. But that's really all that they are. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, they're... You and I have discussed them sort of at length. They're... They have... Mm -hmm. They have an important role in rock and roll history, not because of anything that they contribute musically, but only because of like right. the the <laughs> the flesh that made its way through the lineup. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. And they like wouldn't even let Clapton like express himself. You know right. what I mean? Like he left because he was like, I can't do what I want to do in this band. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> like like, oh man, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you got the Beatles coming out of the Quarrymen. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, the Quarrymen were just the Beatles, um, right? Except with Pete Best. It, well, no. So I mean, the Quarrymen were um, John Lennon's band, who play it like a like a village fete, which is like a feat, village fate, whatever, which is like a fair, you know, like in 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 gotcha. Liverpool where they lived, I guess. And then that's how he met Paul McCartney and George Harrison, and then they later became. The Silver Beatles, and that's what they were when Pete Best was. Oh, gotcha. Okay, with Pete Best and, and Stu Sutcliffe, their original mm. bass player, or not original bass player, but like the bass player before Paul, and then um, uh, you know Pete decide, Pete decide Best is uh, quoted Amber. as saying that being uh, being kicked out of the Beatles is the best thing that ever happened to him, and that's those sound like the sourest that's grapes. Some bullshit. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because uh, you know I. I I bet you I can guess what, if not the best thing, one of one of the best things that ever happened to Ringo Starr was. <laughs> and it wasn't and maybe one of them was leaving the Beatles when he did, but like I but one of them was getting hired, you right. know, like like just uh latched on well, to that the shooting. Thing star, is, I mean you know? I mean uh, I mean and Ringo's fantastic. So this I'm not even saying that he's the oh, worst yeah, of course. Beatle. But of like course. No, no, and, say... and and Pete Best was fired partly because of his own like incompetence right. on the instrument. So like yeah. But you know, like, for whatever. a moment, let's let's suppose, you know, let's suppose you're the worst musician on the best band of the twentieth century. That's a pretty damn good spot mm-hmm. to be in. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And and I guess like as far as Ringo, I I, I think like uh, I I I think in terms of his contribution to the group, I think he's on a par with the other oh, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Like song songwriting maybe not being taken into account. I well, think, I mean, like, I think his you know, his percussion easily is more important than than uh, than the bass in the, like as an instrument in the band. Interesting. You know I, mean? I I. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think that's a an a bold like I claim always to make, notice the uh, percussion. Like Paul McCartney being and such it, a and yeah. it lends so much to every track, and and it, it's so distinctive. Yeah. And I I think that Ringo doesn't get enough credit as being like in addition to his drum kit abilities. I don't think he gets enough credit as like a percu- as a percussionist, like playing other instruments. Because like I was listening to Hard Day's Night the album mm-hmm. the other day. I was in in the airport and I, I was waiting on a flight and I, I got there like three hours. Nice. Early Where'd you go? Mistake and it was like uh, I went, went to. Uh, oh Georgia. yeah yeah yeah. yeah absolutely. I hope that was good. Uh, oh, it was great. It was great to see. Her. I hadn't seen. I haven't been. Hadn't been back there for like two years. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, with the pandemic and stuff. But um, I hadn't listened to Hard Day's Night as a record in like years because it's not really one that I think of because like you hear all those songs a thousand times, right. you know, and like. It's like the it's so good, you know what I mean? Like it's just like all these like like classic, just stone cold classic after stone cold classic. It's like probably their strongest album in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, I think just in terms of like it kind of loses it at the end. Like there are like a couple like kind of crummy tracks at the end, but like um, 
but but I hadn't listened to a Hard Day's Night the song in a really long time, and I was just listening to it like in headphones at the airport, and like man, a that's a great song, and 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 but but there's like these congas on it that I never noticed before, and like they're really good. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. like I, he was like a had like a really cool conga. Um, my friend uh, Mary from from college would always say that like the congas on uh you're gonna lose that girl off of help are like out off rhythm which they're not i think she just doesn't have the the soul of for uh, a soul for uh latin percussion right. rhythms but i guess but like, uh, <laughs> um there's, there's some great uh some great ringo percussion moments i guess is what i'm saying in a very long way but no no ringo's ringo's great and uh i have uh i have sentimental journey which was uh one of his solo albums on vinyl wow and it's, it's yeah. actually quite quite entertaining you know um he definitely he definitely gets sold short which isn't fair i appreciate his contributions to the beatles dig- discography more than more than george yeah. harrison's not that he's better than george harrison necessarily but just no, I no, to, I, like no i think that's fair i i th- i think as a um yeah, I th- I think he probably does more to um, make a lot of songs interesting than right. than George right. does. You're probably right. Think about like a Ticket to Ride or something like that. Like that song would be like nothing without that drum part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The riff's great, um, but I mean John Lennon wrote the riff. But like, um, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of Beatles songs that are just like have like very simple sort of drum parts. But like, I mean, you know, he was like a professional. You know, and he's just like doing drums that fit the song well. In my life has great drums. That's like a really cool drum part. Um, anyway, uh, come together. I think is probably the ultimate like cool, distinctive Ringo part. You know, uh, sure, probably. sure. But I wonder if George is even on that song. I'm curious about it because the lead guitar sounds like John Lennon to me. Um, something, something honestly has like a iconic opening because of Ringo. Oh yeah, that's a yeah right. That little fill at the beginning yeah. is really good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I love the muted yeah, sound he, of Abbey Road generally. Like the like side one has like a kind of mm-hmm. muted sound, and it's it's fantastic. You're right; it totally does, and it, it's it's it sounds like it's recorded. I think a little better than a lot of other Beatle records, like the ones up to that point. It sounds like like it's a little tighter than than um white album oh oh yeah yeah. it sounds more contemporary in a way and um my understanding is with ringo's drums i think they would like put like um they put like sheets over them a lot of the time which i I think is pretty common in a lot of studio recording i i think to get a little bit less like uh, like the resonance of the drums going so it's a little more but yeah he is such a great uh a great sound. And I think that's something that I appreciate about Ringo too. And I don't know a lot about percussion, I guess, but like, I feel like when he plays the drums, they sound good. Right. Cause like when Paul plays the drums, what songs does Paul play? You hear on? this on. So, I mean, he plays on the whole of band on the run. That's kind of based okay. on the song, but I believe I, I feel it deeply in my heart. And I believe this is supported by, by fact. He, he plays on a bunch of songs on the white album because Ringo quit for like a few weeks. Huh while they were recording the white album and so he definitely plays on back in the ussr and the drums on back in the ussr sound a lot like the drums on band on the run because they don't sound very good like the part is fine it's on time and it's like interesting it's like i don't know he's like 
playing the drums well, I guess, but it sounds like shittier than right. when Ringo plays. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it just like he doesn't. It, it's not like he's like he's not hitting them right. Right. I don't know. How, I don't know what difference that makes. It I must don't know, make like, a huge difference. You know, you know because but, like as as a as a stringed instrument player, like you you have a very nuanced understanding of of how much the way you strike your instrument affects its sound you absolutely know? there there must be an equivalent in drumming i mean i because like it sounds like there is because i can't think that it was like oh uh because i'm sure he was playing on the he must have been playing on the same kit during those sessions like i don't know why he would have like maybe he had his own drum kit and it was like tuned differently but it sounds worse right. to me and it sounds like the drums on band of the run which sound kind of like weak right. and, like muddy to me okay and i don't know how else to explain it but Come for me, Sir Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, anyway, yeah. this has been a great uh, uh, Ringo Starr episode. Maybe we should just yeah. l- like title this episode <laughs> Steppenwolf, the Guess Who, and Ringo Starr because and Ringo Starr. I, I think, I think I might. so. This is yeah. this was a good. This is a fantastic one of our better tangents. I think. I think so. I would be, you know, we're 45 minutes in. I know it was at least 15 minutes before we started talking about <laughs> Steppenwolf <laughs> and Guess Who. And I wonder, I think we only talked about them for about 10 of these 45 minutes. Uh, but uh, in, in any case, um, all right. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Cool, yeah. Uh, so we'll follow us on social media. Yeah, you know, anyone who's um, listening this far might be interested in buying some of our merch. If, you, uh, if you're oh, interested, right. you can buy merch. Uh, well, let me just find the link for y'all really quick. How about that? Okay. Um, all right, I'll vamp. Uh, hey, guys. So Nick's looking up that sweet, sweet link to all that merch, and I'm just going to vamp with you guys for a little bit. I'm sitting backwards on my chair. We're just having a nice little rap session. Um, we have this merch. It's yeah. pretty nice. There's like a sweatshirt. Um with with my face on I love how like ultimately. honest we are we're like okay now we vamp but anyways it's uh <laughs> so just head to bonfire.com slash two dash track dash audio and you'll find it I'll put the link in the episode how about that you guys it's, it's in the description bit.ly <laughs> yeah backslash forward audio. slash period period <laughs> cash symbol percentage http colon <laughs> slash slash yeah s. i bet if I you know. just like type in like in your in your toolbar like bonfire.com slash two track audio you'll probably get what you want but uh there you go yeah, yeah buy some yeah. buy some merch. Hey, with two track audio you always get what you want in your toolbar that's what we always say <laughs> it's not uh it's not overly expensive and i'll just let you all know right now i priced everything as low as the site would possibly let me for them to continue turning a profit so you know what it's it's a nice. I got a sweatshirt, like a like a, uh, and and it's like a nice sweatshirt. I, I yeah, it's like a nice material. I'm wearing one right now that I got from DCComics.com, which is like nowhere near as nice and was more expensive. Um, so uh, it's like a good. It's a quality yeah. Well, a couple of the of there's a there's a t-shirt that's comfort colors and there's a long sleeve t-shirt that's comfort colors. And I'd have gotten uh, Comfort Colors uh, sweatshirts as well, but they weren't available, unfortunately. So, uh, but we still have we mm. still have hoodies, we still have crew neck sweatshirts. We have a we have a we have a like a a regular uh, premium unisex tee that uh, that's also quite comfortable. So, mm. uh, lots of different colors available. It's good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, share share the pod with your friends. We'd appreciate that. 
and uh and i guess we'll see you next time bye, bye. farewell I'm gonna cease recording in three two one